0: Like to talk and read all things books and mystery funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew.
1: It's a clue. Howdy there, sleuths! I'm Kelly, <laughs> and I'm Karen.
0: Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for wannabe ranch hands. This week, we are discussing Kelly's worst nightmare this time, which is a book mm-hmm. with an implied snake in it,
1: <laughs> a.k.a.
0: Yes. Nancy Drew, and The Secret of Shadow Ranch.
1: How did you- Yeah, the uh, only, only thing worse than an implied snake is an actual snake, or a lot of snakes. So <laughs> yeah, this this is like better than Indiana Jones, but- Still worse than any other non snaked Nancy Drew book.
0: <laughs> I feel like an implied snake is worse than a, a seen snake because you don't know where it's located. <laughs> it's All snakes
1: are implied snakes. <laughs> like, I I assume there is a snake around me 100% of the time. I'm constantly on guard. That's awful. <laughs> I'm so it is sorry. <laughs> awful. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. Well, and. You know, the four times in my life where I've actually seen one, I'm still surprised and horrified. So it doesn't help.
0: (laughs) I did not know you were dealing with this uh, level of snake anxiety. I'm really sorry.
1: (laughs) Deep seated snake anxiety. (laughs)
0: Well, Kelly, we have some questions that we're going to work our way through today about this
1: book. Um, Such as? What's the difference between a phantom and a ghost? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Great question I had the same question right from jump um is bercy in this
0: book the original banksy
1: yes <laughs> yes that that is the only thing that makes sense to me yes i can <laughs> I can confirm and then final final question for us to
0: mull through why are there so many community activities in this deserted sparsely
1: populated ghost town i absolutely no idea like I had the same thought. Like, really? Like, a drive in movie theater can be supported out here in the middle of nowhere? Like, yeah. they have to drive 90 minutes through the middle of the desert and then everything. There's an actual ghost town, but there's a drive in movie theater. Yeah.
0: And like, we've got a barbecue, we've got a hoedown, yes. we've got a rodeo. Like, Who's yes. attending these events? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Who's attending? Doesn't it seem like all of the events are kind of happening, like, all on the same day? <laughs> you would think you would want to, like, spread them out a little bit, you know?
0: <laughs> Not much else going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all uh, good questions. Thank you. Well, before we before we dive in, what have you been up to since last we spoke?
1: Well, I celebrated Nancy Drew's 91st birthday. <gasps> on april 28th 91 91 and so 91 years since old clock was published comma but that would mean that nancy (laughs) turned uh 109 oh good
0: good math
1: Mm, thank you it was quick and i'm not entirely sure it's correct but let's (laughs) let's go with that (laughs) moving on I typically like to have a calculator for that basic arithmetic, but we're going to go with 109. <laughs> Sounded good to me. Um, other than that, as a justification for eating cupcakes on Wednesday, um, I planted some stuff in my... I am very lucky to have essentially no grass to, to mow. So, like, I'm doing, you know, like, container gardening, basically, on my oh, patio. That's fun. And this year... I am growing strawberries, and okay. I have my first strawberry. Really?
0: Yes. Did you? When, did I you, did you eat it? Or is it still growing?
1: No, no. I'm like it. No, I, I want to put it in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> eat it. The first berry, the first and possibly only berry. I'm pretty sure it was there when I bought the plant, but I'm going with. I made that berry.
0: I fully believe that. And I I applaud you. I have not successfully kept pretty much any plant I've ever touched alive. So that's huge. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm doing better this year. I'm doing better. I'm being very attentive. I'm like talking to all of my plants. I'm checking their moisture level. For wow. what? I'm not sure. You know, I'm not really sure if they're over or under at any point, but I know how moist they are. (laughs) Um, I really, so one of my friends just started this like indoor, like hydroponic garden situation. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, they're growing like, I don't know, 35 different kinds of lettuces and vegetables and flowers and fruits and all kinds of stuff like in a corner of their living room. It's insane. So now I want to do that um, but I fear that that would drive the cat insane with things to chew on. So mm. probably not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's been my big week. Um, but I do have to tell you, I just, I am totally sucked into this show Ooh. and I have a feeling it's going to like lead me down the little rabbit hole. Um, so. What is it? We're, l- let me be clear. Like there is no sponsorship involved here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yet, the not I yet. Up yet. Yet, yet. Uh, Acorn TV hit me up, so <laughs> i I signed up for like my free week of Acorn specifically because they have. I didn't even know this was a thing. There was a remake of, um, and then there were none. Agatha <gasps> Christie's, and then there were none. Stop. That, it. Like I don't know. I'm kind of making this up. I want to say it was like 2015, 2016, um, and like the, there's a ton of huge name british actors in it um and it's it's like three parts i think it's like it's about three hours long um and yeah it's a remake of and then there were none and i'm not done with it yet i'm just i've got one section left to go but there's there's like a whole lot more stuff like that um on acorn so i have a feeling it's permanently i'm going to let that i'm going to let that free week ride on
0: <laughs> their plan worked
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they got me <laughs> oh that is so exciting and you
0: f- through doing this podcast you have made me really want to reread all of the agathas again i mean not yeah. I, that made it sound like i've read all of them previously which i have not <laughs> to be clear but i really want to go back and just like start at the
1: beginning and make my way through yeah I know. it's. I haven't read them all either. I don't think I've read I've read a lot of them, but it's been a long time. And yeah, they're so good. And I mean, those Agatha Christie books. I, don't, I mean, I can't even remember I, I can never figure out what the solution is. Never, never, never. Um, Including when I've already read them. Like, I'm telling you what, I cannot remember what the solution is with and then there were none right now, even though I've read that book. Probably four times. That is very so. shocking for coming from a seasoned sleuth like yourself. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> anyway, how
1: about you? What are you up to? Um,
0: a lovely week here. Yes, okay. So yesterday I went for a walk with my friend. We were like, I haven't seen you forever, let's go outside. And we walked all through Capitol Hill in Seattle. <laughs> and in addition to being it a very fancy. It's well, it's a very cool neighborhood. It's like the the hip neighborhood for sure. And There are huge mansions in this neighborhood. Like, mansion Mm. with a capital M. They are – I've never seen anything like these houses (laughs) before. They're insane. And um, there was one that we walked past, and I was like, oh, there is for sure at least one ghost in that house. It was super creepy (laughs) looking. So then – Why did I do this to myself? I don't know. So then I started Googling. I'm like, I bet there are some good haunted mansion stories in Seattle.
1: Okay pause i am shocked i know that i karen
0: i know i know i it's think like, you're
1: are you facing your ghosty fears i dipped my toe in the water
0: with lilac in and now i'm just like give me a ghost like i don't want give, give me some more i'm ready i still
1: don't my, want to, my loins are guarded <laughs> i don't want to see one
0: but i feel okay reading about them in the light of day on google
1: <laughs> it's that, that, well that's okay I give, you, I give you credit for that. Like, I don't want to watch shows about snakes, so, so same, you're braver same. than me. Yes.
0: So I found out about this one haunted mansion that I wanted to tell you about because it is mm. so weird. And I have more Googling to do on this, but it's, it's not in Capitol Hill. It's in this neighborhood called Georgetown, which apparently back in the late 1800s and early 1900s was the red light district of Seattle. And I was like, oh... I can't even wait for what I'm about to learn. So Georgetown Castle is the name of this. It is this huge building that has been in the news a lot lately because, well, I actually not like super recently, but a mother and son bought this mansion and are renovating it and like living there, which is insane because it is for sure super haunted. Um, (laughs) But here are my favorite fun facts about this haunted mansion. So- It was owned by this guy named Peter Gessner in like the early 1900s, who was a blackjack dealer. And out of this mansion, he was running a brothel and a saloon. (laughs) And yeah, and he only lived there for like a year, though, because he killed himself in the mansion because his wife left him for a chicken farmer.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, man, Peter must have been pretty bad. Peter
0: was in a bad spot, and so he is, of course, one of the ghosts that allegedly haunts this this mansion. Like the upper floors of the mansion, he can be seen and heard wandering around.
1: Uh, adds up, and I bet he's not a Casper friendly ghost either. No, he is not a, a happy a happy spirit. And then is he, is he just like is he just like walking around like glowering, trying to deal cards? <laughs> Probably <laughs> just and like then, yelling, the house won again. So
0: there's a <laughs> the house did the house did win. Um, so there's literally a, a plaque mm. in front of this mansion, the Georgetown Castle, with like some fun facts on it. And the plaque mentions a ghost named Sarah. And I'm like, who is the Sarah character? And it sounds like there are <laughs> many myths and legends surrounding who Sarah is, and no one's entirely sure. But one of the preva- you're gonna die. One of the prevailing myths about this ghost is that she was uh an employee of the brothel <laughs> i will say and okay all right she was strangled in the house by a magician karen this is everything you've ever wanted in a story i know i was like there's a magician i finally have a magician but uh, but a bad
1: a very bad magician <laughs> a bad magician yeah do, do you think do you think he was like an evil magician or was he a bad magician?
0: <laughs> like he was doing a a scarf trick and he accidentally strangled Trips. her with the scarf. Yes. He's like, "Uh-oh. Fantastic question." <laughs> and unclear. We don't know. So, um I did see and I am too much of a baby to watch this, so you're going to have to to watch it for me, but apparently oh, this house has been on several like ghost hunter television shows Ooh. um where they send in, you know, the Oh, I'm on it you got to watch it and and then just like report back cuz i'm too scared
1: <laughs> left him for a chicken farm i oh man poor sarah but i know i do i do need to know more about this magician
0: yeah i i do as well so uh that's your homework assignment for me <laughs>
1: It's like you, you think that maybe if you were just learning how to be a magician and you wanted to like go to a brothel to try out some tricks, like maybe start with is this is this your card first? Like pull a Before quarter. Before you go out. straight to the yeah, scarf yeah,
0: tied around the neck. Quarter and, behind yeah. an ear. Like don't be like Precisely. Don't be sawing somebody in half on your first day on the job. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you. You're like, I'm not sure how this works, but I feel like it's gonna go great. Hop on in the box. <laughs> what can go wrong? <laughs> what can go wrong? It's just abracadabra, right? And then and then you saw. No other- uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's been a mishap. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I that is amazing information to have and I will one hundred percent start watching shows and report back. Thank you so much. I cannot wait for You're what you learn. I'm I'm here for you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. If there's ever a snake video I need for you to watch Send it my way. I got it. Just want you to remember this. Yep, I'll be I'll be ready. Perfect. <laughs> uh well, should we start talking about Secret Shadow Ranch? I think we probably should. I think I think we should. I mean, this is a pretty popular one. It it is.
0: We got a lot of feedback from friends and listeners that they were excited for us to get to this one because it was one that yes. they specifically remembered enjoying in their youth.
1: Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to, but I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Taking out, setting aside momentarily all of the extremely problematic things in the story. Oof. The, like, mystery portion is super fun. The mystery is fun. It's also
0: a very different setting. We're out of River Heights, which was a lovely change of pace. I was like, oh, change of scenery was (sighs) much needed.
1: Um, I can feel, I can feel the humidity evaporating. Like I just, you know, the lake effect wind is gone. Totally, there were no, no boats. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were no boats. There was still a near drowning, but there were no boats. We were boat free for the first time in <sighs> five books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was just wait. anyway. Well, let's let's start with a little history, and then we'll get into the lack of boats. Oh, so, lovely. This is book number five in the Nancy Drew series. Uh, published in 1931, it was another Mildred Wirt Benson ghostwriting situation. So she's written supposedly, supposedly um, all all of the books so far, so far in the Nancy Drew series that we've okay. talked about. Um, the night there, w- there are two versions of this book, and I think this is kind of like Lilac In. You were saying too, but um, the 1931 edition was completely different than the one that was rewritten in 65 oh so i mean i read the 65 version you did too but yep. the 31 version from what i understand um there was no dave there was but there was like a local doctor who was interested in nancy But oh. he apparently was like not her age uh, uh, oh. um mm-hmm um, There was no ghost horse. <gasps> there was no Valentine bank robber plot. That was the best so, like, part. No hidden treasure. I know. Um, Alice's dad was still part of it, but he hadn't been kidnapped by bank robbers. He was suffering from amnesia and apparently just like, you know, roaming the West Phoenix, wherever, not knowing who he is. And there was there's this I think the main plot is about there's this young girl that's being guarded by an old mountain woman. Oh, that so, was all I could find. So this was like a completely a totally different, different book. book. Wow. Okay. A completely different book. Um, I think Bess and George were still in it, but yeah, completely different plot. So I'm actually trying to get my hands on a copy of the original version, just because I'm curious now, but anyway, so the, the, the new version was written in, I think it was 1965. Yes, nineteen sixty-five. And that's like basically the version we have. The edit didn't go far enough. Uh, no. Really needs to be re-edited. There is some real and deep racism coming out in these books. Yes. Mostly toward the Native American culture. I was like
0: Listen, we both knew, like, we were Gonna run into some stuff. It was gonna be reading these old books. Yeah. And, you know, I actually was hopeful after last week when we read Lilac Inn and we learned that that book had been heavily edited to edit out all of the racism that was so prevalent in it. Right. And so I'm like, why did we not do that with this book? Because right. it is still there.
1: It could easily be edited. It could easily be fixed. Right. And one of the things that I liked about the book was that It kind of is the first time that we have any characters interacting with Nancy that are not white. Yeah. Um, And she really does consider the Native American woman who runs the shop in town that she interacts with on multiple occasions, Mary, to be like a friend. Yeah. You know, and – they have a friendly relationship, and and like that was kind of nice. It's it's unfortunately all of the terminology about Native Americans, and the you know total cultural appropriation when all three of them go, Ugh. yeah, by, uh, quote unquote costumes to wear to the dance. Yeah, I just wanted to start there because, as fun as this book is, and is like you know, dearly as it is loved, which I get because the story is great. This is like a real scar on it. Uh-huh. And yeah, I just think, I think we have to address it. And of course we do, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, maybe if there are newer editions of this book coming out, that the, the publishers have righted some of those wrongs, all of those wrongs, hopefully. And, you know, turned the Native American characters and culture in this book into a three-dimensional representation and not just a continuation of a fantasy and negative stereotype. So. I could not agree more. And, uh, you know, publishers
0: of this book, we both happen to be writers. So if you're hiring <laughs> for a, a ghostwriter, the, the latest set of ghostwriters, Kelly will be happy to rewrite this book for you. <laughs>
1: ghostwriters, or is it phantom writers?
0: <laughs> great question i would also like to Sorry, i
1: can't help it
0: i would like to address another situation in this book please and this was also something that we knew was coming that i distinctly remembered really bothering me about these books like we finally have bess and george present and Holy lord, the body shaming mm-hmm. of Bess is oh like gosh, painful. Right? I, I'm like, can yes. we not have a fat yep. shaming element in this book? But that that also, when you when you do your rewrite of this book, please save Bess because she is treated very save poorly best. in this book.
1: Yes. Like, let the girl have a hot dog without being ridiculed, please. And you know it, it's it's interesting because like as a woman who has always like been larger than average. I really loved that there was like a character that I could relate to in these books when I was a kid. Right? I was like, oh, I'm plump like Bess. Comma, but it does not need to be her only defining characteristic, Correct. and she also does not need to be shamed for it. And you know, I well, I think we'll talk about this a little bit more later too, but. I don't – maybe maybe it has been in all four books, and I just haven't been sensitive to it before now. But I felt like their – Nancy, George, and Bess's appearance was talked about way more oh, in these
0: books. Uh, completely agreed. Yes, I, I 100% agree with you.
1: Um, I'm hoping – and because I, I really, like, I mean, I thought I remembered these books when we started this podcast. I haven't remembered a single thing. Unless it's in the title of the book, I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe these will evolve in a in a better way when it comes to the way they're representing these young women. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. I am as well. Um, but I do think
0: that your next pivot is you are the next female writer in the the great esteemed line of these books like Mildred move over Kelly's gonna rewrite all the Nancy Drews.
1: (laughs) Mildred, I'm gonna take a whack at this. The first step is we're gonna change the title of the old clock.
0: (laughs) We're just gonna cut that
1: from the from the archive. Like we Be like there's nothing we can do to save this one. That one I'll start with the staircase. A lost cause (laughs) Yeah There's there's nothing that can be done here. Uh, Maybe I'll add in, like, a time travel situation, and then it can be, like, a novella, because she'll just, like, be back and forth to people's places, like, real quick, and then it'll be done. I love- I- see? You're already doing a better job. (laughs) I'm like, I'm there. And then she's gonna lose the key to the transponster, or whatever it is. That was more like a- chandler bing type time travel device but um and then it'll go away for the rest of them and then we'll be back in normal river heightsville perfect also
0: i'm taking all the snakes out you can only take the snakes out if you take all the ghosts out
1: i cannot agree to that so we'll (laughs) leave the snakes in anything else to add on any of that or shall we move on
0: i think let's move on um and on a lighter note would you like me to share mm-hmm. my favorite
1: one sentence plot submission from this week? Oh, I sure would. <laughs> so and let just just pause, as I too have access, of course, to our Instagram account. I just would like to say, if you selected the one that I think you did, I would like for you to sing it.
0: I will. Proceed. I have
1: actually been practicing.
0: <laughs> I was like, yes. So God, girl. this there was a there was a. Uh, musical element to this submission, as Kelly mentioned, it came from Nancy Drew Eats on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is so perfect. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, shorty, it's your ghost horse. We'll arrest you because you're the worst. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I really liked that one because a... Shorty is a character. There is a ghost horse. It works perfectly it, in this And song. it is,
1: and it is Shorty's ghost it horse. It is
0: Shorty's ghost horse. And uh-huh. I, the second I picked up this book and saw the ghost horse on the cover, I had a Katy Perry song stuck in my head, which I have been singing all week. Garrett is probably going to kick me out of the house, but I just keep singing <laughs> that, that Katy Perry, Perry lyric slightly edited to be, I'm coming at you like a ghost horse. <laughs> so wow. i was very here for the musical <laughs> submission
1: perfect perfect a, a double musical submission indeed uh well thank you to everybody who participated it was a uh, very fun week uh, it was for one sentence plots so
0: it was um and speaking of plots sister
1: yes Yes.
0: Your favorite thing. You got to do the super fast plot overview this week. I know you love I it. I
1: actually am excited. I feel like I did a tight job this week <laughs> and I'm ready. All right. Well, lay it on us. Okay. Me, 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 me. Nancy is heading out to Phoenix to meet up with her new to us besties, George and Bess, whose aunt and uncle own their vacation destination, Shadow Ranch. When Nancy's plane lands, George and Bess tell her that they're going to have to go home the next day because dun dun dun, there's a mystery at the ranch, and their uncle thinks it's unsafe for them to stay. Nancy says, I'll change his mind, no worries. Before they can climb in the car to drive the 90 minutes through the desert to the ranch, Nancy receives not one, but two threatening notes from a gray-haired stranger, one of which is wrapped around a snake rattle. Dislike. Zero stars. In typical Nancy fashion, she ignores the threats and climbs behind the wheel. Pretty soon, whilst in the middle of the million-degree desert, the car overheats and the gals discover they've been sabotaged. One of their thermoses is empty, even though ranch hand Shorty was supposed to refill it. Spoiler alert, Shorty is clearly the villain. This is not a red herring, it's him. Handsome Jerk and Ranch Hand Dave arrives after a bit, fixes the car, and they all make it back to Shadow Ranch in time for a massive, exceedingly heavy meal consisting of pot roast and beans. I like to bleed their cowboy beans. Over dinner, Nancy hears about a phantom horse that shows up just before bad things happen to sabotage the ranch. She's told that this is the curse of Dirk Valentine, who was not a tennis pro, but an old-timey desperado from the 1800s who was killed on the ranch while visiting his true love, who happened to be the sheriff's daughter. Not only did Valentine hide his treasure at the ranch for his girlfriend to find, he also cursed the ranch. A double whammy. We later learn that Dave is related to Valentine's girlfriend and is working at the ranch while secretly searching for his family's lost treasure. Oh, side plot. George and Bess have another cousin, Alice, who is younger and also visiting the ranch while she kind of searches for her missing father, who's a bank president and pastel artist. He has been missing for six months ever since his bank was robbed. It does not appear that Alice has made much headway, so it's a good thing that a sleuth came to visit. Nancy tracks down clue after clue, an antique locket with a hidden message, a trap door and hidden passageway, a concealed message and a hidden bottle lots of hidden things. The investigation is risky, though. She is bucked from her horse, nearly run down by a herd of palominos, caught in a rock slide, almost drowned in a river, and narrowly avoids being kidnapped by a couple of bad hombres. Don't worry, she has some fun, too, like exploring a legit ghost town and attending a square dance and rodeo with her vacation boyfriend, Dave. Combined with her clever investigating and deduction skills, Nancy thinks she knows where the treasure is hidden. She also suspects that the phantom horse saboteurs are trying to drive everyone away from the ranch so they can search for Valentine's treasure in peace. Makes sense, but a phantom horse seems unnecessarily theatrical. After pointing the suspected villains in the wrong direction, literally she sends them off to follow the ranch hands on a wild goose chase, Nancy, along with Bess, George, and Alice go to search the abandoned cliff dwellings for the treasure. There, Nancy's hunch is verified. She finds a huge box of Valentine's treasure. Gold pressed into hearts, because, you know, Valentine. Jewels and cash. Woohoo! They also find Alice's dad, tied up, hungry, and weak, because guess what? The Phantom Horse saboteurs are also the bank robbers from the Cousin Alice subplot. Nancy sets a fire to alert Dave and the others that they found the treasure, but before the blaze is fully. Ablaze, the gray-haired dude, last name Diamond, from the airport snatches her and puts the fire out. Diamond's co-conspirators, Shorty and Bryce, have locked George, Alice, Bess, Alice's dad, and the treasure in a dark room. So dark, in fact, that Shorty can't actually see the treasure. So Nancy grabs a big rock in the dark and throws it over the cliff, and convinces the three villains that it was the treasure she threw over. Shorty and Bryce go to look for it, and Diamond stays behind to off the hostages with dynamite. Luckily, they still have the treasure. Bess and George were sitting on it all along. Just then, rescue comes. Dave had seen the teeny tiny fire before Diamond put it out. The bad hombres are arrested, the bank loot is retrieved, Dave gets his family's treasure, and Nancy returns to knitting a sweater while waiting for her next mystery. The end.
0: Kelly! Kelly! that was so good thank you thank you you. i i tried really hard you did an awesome job and that that was very compact without missing any major plot points
1: yes thank you
0: i don't know how you did it mine was like 45 minutes last week so i think you're the the reigning champion of the plot (laughs) summaries now so shall we deep
1: dive into our hot topics for today yes we should
0: <laughs> you you paused so long i was like oh no the the
1: plan has I, changed. I paused i was like are are we are we still deep diving must we still deep dive can we not we must the Can su- we not like ride a horse and do our topics for the week or something let's what? let's
0: gallop right into today's hot topics <laughs> <laughs> partner Perfect.
1: So That's what I was looking for. I,
0: I'm i very excited. We really enjoyed doing the vocabulary lesson last week, the lexicon of Nancy Drew, and we got some mm-hmm. really interesting feedback from folks on that had actually heard some of those terms in real life before, which we had not. So more vocabulary coming in hot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, classic mystery elements that are a part of this novel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. A special- some good ones a, in this one. Yes. And we've got a special edition of Real World River Heights, the vac- the vacation edition
1: today. <laughs> yes, so psyched! And then, last but not this, least, this is. Oh, let, sorry. Let's just be honest. Real Real World River Heights, the vacation edition, is really where the meat is at this week.
0: Yeah, it's, we've got lots to talk about. It's it's juicy uh, for sure. Whew. Hashtag Dave. Um.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And then finally, as always, who is nancy drew in this book Mm -hmm. now before we can't wait before we gallop in as you said kelly (laughs) um thoughts and musings what are your overall impressions of this book beyond beyond what we've already addressed yes
1: so um a couple of things i loved the ghost town thing me too this idea that like there there is actually a i mean there there aren't real ghost towns that we can go explore that haven't been turned into, you know, like theme parks these days, right? Turned into like attraction destinations. Like the fact that they were able to get on horses and ride to an actual ghost town was so cool. Agreed. I loved that part. Yeah. Um and and like it had that feeling of like, I don't know, digging in your grandma's attic for treasure or something when they're just like going into these abandoned buildings and people's stuff is still there. I mean, it, it was, I loved it. I was actually, I thought this was, um, surprising plot, plot wise. The gray haired stranger at the airport who, who leaves the, the warning notes for them, I, I thought, Immediately, as soon as Alice starts talking about her dad being missing, I was like, oh, well, that guy was her dad. Oh, and, and I got fooled. Huh. I I was like, oh, that was like a really good plot twist. Now, in my defense, I got fooled because Alice's dad looks just like Diamond, who also has gray hair. So, but I'm gonna count that as our twinning for this. Episode, I, was ju- I was just gonna say it. I was like, "That's the tw- the twin moment." We were all waiting for that. Was the twin moment? It was here. Like it was definitely there. Um, but still, I thought it was an interesting little twist. Um, but on that in that note, legit question, like okay. slash comment, why did they keep this witness alive for six months? Y- yeah, good. That's that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's just because we, you know, like can't kill people in Nancy Drew or something, but I don't know. C- can we kill people in Nancy Drew? I just was like, they're these, these like bad guys are being real super nice to this hostage they have for no reason. They're just like carting them around the country and giving them pastels. So. <laughs> He did have They're a little They're not feeding him A little craft studio going in his <laughs> He did He did And and it's like They, they didn't he, They couldn't have known That like they could get money For his paintings Because they don't know That he's an artist or whatever So at some point He must have been like Hey guys Do you think you could maybe Get me some like Crayolas and a sketch pad <laughs> And they were like Sure buddy Not a problem
0: We want you to be comfortable Just- During your stay <laughs> Yeah
1: So though, But yeah Those are my, those are my um, initial love, lovely moments of this book slash questions. Yeah. How about you?
0: Um, My primary takeaway was that this show, this book really made really made me want to go back and watch the show Hey Dude from Our Youth. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey dude
0: wasn't that show it was like, a great show so good and like it was so good who knows if it like you know don't return to the ones you love i don't know maybe it's also like there are problematic things yeah. in it i don't know but i was like oh hey dude was so good i would love to that
1: was i loved that show hey dude and um so are you afraid of the dark and salute your shorts <gasps> salute your shorts oh those were all so good that was a good
0: era of nickelodeon for sure
1: it was Um, those were the glory days of those were the days back when nick at night was still like legitimate where it was like i love lucy yes when when they started putting like step by step in full house on nick at night i was offended then we knew we were old (laughs) offense offense taken
0: my other takeaway was that I got a real hankering to go to like a barbecue slash hoedown. So, like, I love a state fair, Kelly. I was like, I would be so here for like a yeah, pie eating contest, great. like a butter carving contest. I was like, that sounds, maybe this mm. is just the the quarantine for over a year speaking. And I'm just like, I'll, I will do anything no, right now. All, but It all sounds great. I want to like all- see a baby it- pig. <laughs>
1: See a baby pig, and then go get barbecue. That seems real rude. I oh, you make it. I'll have
0: a corn on the cob, a buttered corn. <laughs> there you go. Well, so yeah, those are my takeaways. I want to watch Hey Dude, and I want to go eat buttered corn at a state fair.
1: <laughs> okay, so I get to talk about the lexicon of Nancy Drew this week, and Yay. I will tell you the majority of the like question mark words and phrases in this book all tend to be. Um, quote-unquote western mm. okay so there's a there's an awful lot of like hombres and desperados and tenderfoots and varmints in this book which yes. i was there for i had never heard
0: tenderfoot before i'd
1: heard all of the others but
0: not tenderfoot
1: tenderfoot yeah i'd heard that before the one thing about <laughs> i don't know if you remember this there was a moment with the tenderfooting use in in the <laughs> book where basically the sheriff pluralizes tenderfoot to tender feet (laughs) but i it should clearly be tender foots completely
0: agreed and i don't know why i feel so strongly about that but i I, you're right
1: thank you i feel incredibly strongly about it like karen like you actually have tender feet we're gonna call you a tender foot but you have two feet more than one tender foot is it, it are tender foots completely agreed all right thank you i feel validated yeah okay that's yeah. all i had to say about tender food <laughs> um at one point it said that a desperado probably valentine refers to his booty which yeah seems i was like, wrong that's to me a pirate word please and thank, thank you. you yeah thank you um i mean i'm like okay i guess you can say that like valentine was a desert pirate but I don't like the word booty in general. No. I certainly don't want it when he's talking about just call it treasure, man. Just call it wh- wh- where have my jewels gone? <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> Shorty who took my jewels. <laughs> there okay, I a few of my other favorites were Great Jumpin' Steers. Oh yes.
0: Yep. The jumpin' steers. Um, when,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Jumpin' steers. When Nancy gets bucked off her horse. It is later said, you really reached for the moon. <laughs> it's like man, that's good. I like that one. I I'm trying to think of like a situation in my life where I would be able to use that, but it would probably have to involve like a trampoline. Yeah, well, and like didn't Woody from Toy Story say
0: something about reach for the moon. I think that's like I think that is oh, like, really I think that's a cowboyism. I think that's legit. I love it so much. If, it, that if, one made me laugh. If Woody said it, it's
1: it's real. <laughs> My last real favorite cowboyism was quote unquote, we're gonna put on a big feed. <laughs> Meaning we're gonna eat a lot of food. Yes. We're gonna put on a big feed. I was like picturing was
0: the humans with like the the sack around their neck, just like putting their face <laughs> down in the food.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. It's efficient. <laughs> Just like eating straight out of your mask. <laughs> yes, this is just I'll where I be. keep my M and M's. Yep. This this strays maybe outside a little bit of our vocabulary of the time. Although I think I think the majority of the vocab lessons were kind of covered with our with our Western theme. <laughs> but one of my favorite phrases that Nancy says: "They're they're out in the desert and they hear a coyote." And Nancy's response is, oh, I hope that's a real coyote. What? Like, that was a weird thing to say. Well, she said it because she now knows that Shorty can impersonate animals. And so she's hoping it's not Shorty making a coyote sound. But but like... But I was like, Do you really hope that's a real coyote, Nance? I'm correct. Like, the first time ever said in the history of forever, someone is like, I hope that's a real coyote and Yeah. Anyway, Garrett was riding his bike like two weekends ago and saw what he thought was a
0: dog trotting down the middle of the street and went to go rescue it. And it was just a coyote walking down the street. And I can tell you right now, his reaction wasn't like, I hope that's a real coyote. He was like, pedal away as fast (laughs) as you can. (laughs) Pedal. Were you with him? No, I wasn't. Thank God. I would have (sighs) cried.
1: (laughs) I, I, I. I want to believe that it's real because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But do you remember, like, several years ago, there was a whole thing on social media where a woman had brought a coyote into her house and was texting pictures of it to her husband about yes. the new dog
0: she had rescued? Yes. And he was like, uh,
1: please. That's a coyote, babe. Back back away slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I want that to be real. But regardless, it was real to me and I loved it. Um. So in in like the land of words and word use even if it's not like what does this word mean I just ugh, and again just like I was saying before this may have been in the first 4 of these books and I just didn't notice it or whatever but I ugh, I'm getting sick of them constantly referencing our heroines and young women in these books as girls Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, Alice is like a young teenager. Fine. But Nancy, George, and Bess are 18, 19 years old. You have literally put 100% of your eggs in the I hope Nancy solves this mystery basket. And you're still calling them girls. They refer to Mary dear as a girl. Ugh. Mary owns her own business. Like, quit call- The word you're looking for is women. It, the, yes. End of statement.
0: There is, however... Did that bother you? It did bother me. And I agree with you. I had not noticed that prior to this book, especially at the volume (laughs) that we encountered it. Yes. But here was the one that was very weird to me. And I guess I, I, I am... Thinking about dude in the twenty twenty one sense, but this, I think this is meant more in the the hey dude sort of way. But <laughs> on page twenty of this book, when Dave rescues them from mm-hmm. near death in the desert when they don't have enough water and their car is overheating, he says, "And I and I quote, just what I figured, three little dudes stuck high and dry." And I was like, "Did you just call them three little dudes like that?" It's what, huh? <laughs>
1: It's, it was. I. I too was confused by that because number one, it makes no sense, and number two, it's bonkers, condescending. Yes. Yes,
0: it is. And so, like the diminutive, the little dudes, like, and the girl. Gr- yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm with you. Yeah. These are. These are. Gr- um, these are grown ass women, basically. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, it's one thing if Carson refers to his daughter as a girl. It's another thing if you know the 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 guy that she's rescuing is it's like have a little bit of respect indeed don't you know who Nancy is <laughs> everyone
0: knows who Nancy is
1: last comment can someone please get Mildred Wurt Benson like a baby names book or something Ugh. because she cannot keep reusing the same names over and over again i it's making me crazy agree i agree i'm like uh, like, there was another Dirk. There, there were two Elizabeths in one book. Ugh. <laughs> we had Bess, and then we met her Aunt Bette. And I just have to say, that has got to be – that must have been a very confusing, like, who's on 1st eski kind of summer. For sure. Yeah. Bess and Bette? Really? Yeah. It's eh. – you know, especially, like, we did all this
0: work to to relocate – this novel we're in a completely different Mm -hmm. place so we're away from river heights and i'm like let's get some new names going here but no no dirk is back
1: (laughs) does anybody want to know what shorty's real name is that he would have a brother named bryce (laughs) like i'm like so we've got shorty and then we've got bryce and bryce clearly went to some kind of like New England prep school for boys. What happened? I just don't get it. These two humans are from very different worlds. I
0: did love the other cowboy names. Like I loved Tex and Bud. I was like, you Tex and Bud, of course. Like we're in Phoenix, but call him Tex. Like no, probably. <laughs> and then we've got
1: Dave and,
0: and, and Dave. <laughs> I, okay, Dave. Dave has not yet earned his nickname.
1: <laughs> it's like Dave is still from Buffalo. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for that scintillating trip through the, the lexicon of Nancy Drew Kelly. Thank, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Would you like to walk us through perhaps like classic mystery elements us- utilized in Shadow Ranch? It would
0: truly be my
1: pleasure. Oh, I'm so relieved to hear you say that.
0: I am going to start with my favorite, The Legend of Dirk Valentine. Yes. I loved that there was like a a rumored piece of lore from this ghost town that was at the heart of this mystery. It was I just agree. so fun to to have to like uncover these these things that were shrouded in time and and in the the past of this yeah. place. um it led to a bunch of great hidden clues It led to the the booty or the buried treasure that you mentioned like they had to really piece together the the things that someone who was there years and years ago had like left yeah. waiting for them to discover and I I loved that I don't know did that yeah.
1: did that turn your crank too because I I oh for adored sure it. well I love a buried treasure mystery right yes but I also liked that this time she can't interview anybody to figure this out like there's there she can't like get in her little convertible and drive around and talk to people there's nobody to interview because these are all people from you know decades ago um so yeah i totally love that i did i did want uh, again this will just be part of my rewrite but um (laughs) i wanted there to be a campfire song in which we hear the legend the legend of dirk valentine i could
0: not agree more i you know what for your birthday this year i'm gonna try to write you Jingle style, the ballad of Dirk Valentine.
1: <laughs> Would you please? And I will perform it Ugh. on this
0: podcast. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Can we find out that like Dirk was just his given name and that he actually went by something different?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: or or can or can you incorpor- incorporate that like he's not a tennis pro just to clear it up?
0: <laughs> Dirk, not of River Heights. <laughs> <laughs> I can incorporate that and I will and I I have until August fifteenth, so here we go.
1: <laughs> you do. Um, everyone listening, this is happening. This is my Karen, accountability. You, Volunteer, this this is your accountability moment. And um, I would like it to have like a full symphonic orchestra background, like uh, Fraser's jingle. Um, this is, uh, we're working with a slightly different budget, I think. Okay, can I have a guitar, a harmonica, and like a sound effect of a fire? Yes, and I will throw in, because I love you,
0: a triangle.
1: (laughs) Would you please, okay, I was going to talk about the triangle earlier in my lexicon section, but I thought I was talking too much, so I cut it. But I liked that, here's my question, that, they talk about like the way to call people to dinner is they ring the triangle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is not new information to me. Like I knew that there was like a dinner bell or like you know you like in the in the triangle. That's the official sound of a triangle. Yeah, ringer. but I I did I I thought it might have like a, a sexier name. Like did did you know that it was just called like playing the triangle? <laughs> I, I was, want it to be like the the three sided steel or something like that. Like it just it, it it's it's like the devil's horseshoe. Anything else? <laughs> so thank you. I will look forward to my birthday present.
0: You're welcome. um The other thing that I loved, I don't know why I am so here for this, but I love a, like a locket mystery. <laughs> Like, one of my favorite books of all time from youth is Letters from Philippa, which we will discuss in a future episode. But there's, like, a a locket mystery with that, with, like, things hidden in the locket. I love things hidden in a locket. Very excellent. Mm -hmm. So, like, that really tickled me. And, like,
1: that, that like, not only did you get the the hidden compartment in the locket and all of that, but, like, there's also the component of reuniting halves – like yes. I, I have always loved like those those heart necklaces where like your best friend gets one half and you keep one half and Aww. Oh, I just love those. I because didn't I don't that. know, I just Yeah. I've never had one. Oh my god. Well, Kelly, now I know but your other birthday present. <laughs> I was gonna say It's it's only a few short months till my birthday and you can make all my dreams come true. Uh, You're making this really easy for me. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to go. Can you you etch on the back of mine cellar? Yes. And I will put... Thank you. In the...
0: No, (laughs) green bottle on mine.
1: (laughs) Green bottle in the... (laughs) I was like, I i feel like is one half much larger like spaces characters out real well (laughs) had to really cram a lot of words (laughs) into
0: that one half
1: (laughs) right like would it have made a huge difference if they had just gotten green bottle in (laughs) (laughs) i think what was the point i
0: think we could have lost all the filler words i think between green bottle and cellar like we really had the we really had the meat of it covered but uh he just wanted to be sure other classic mystery elements from this book, we had more hidden passageways, of course, because mm-hmm, you must, mm-hmm. um, between buildings as we did at Twin Elms in the, the Hidden Staircase mm-hmm. book, which still love it. I just still love A Hidden Passage.
1: I love a hidden passageway, and I'm feeling like they're they're much more ubiquitous than I ever thought. Agreed. So I've been looking for a hidden passageway in my house. I
0: like the I like the subterranean hidden passages too, specifically that are like
1: mm-hmm.
0: go to this a other building, door. pull up the trap door, then you're going to go down a hole through the earth, and you're in a different place. I like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love that. I know it's super cool. And then last but not least this is not a classic mystery element but i'm just throwing it in there as a wild card it, like, maybe maybe it should be a classic mystery element in more books but we had a ghost horse situation
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know the the typical ghost horse you'll get that with a
0: mystery every once in a while you just got to you got to throw in a ghost horse so would you yeah. would you regale our listeners with a little bit of information on the ghost horse
1: so my rudimentary understanding of the ghost horse (laughs) is that they took a horse normal old skin and bones flesh and blood mortal horse regular horse and regular old horsey and painted them with phosphorescent paint which sounds carcinogenic to me but they slathered this poor horse up And when the lights, it's like glow-in-the-dark paint, basically, right? So, like, then they send him out through the wilderness. I guess they trained him to respond to, like, Diamond's whistle or something. So Shorty would, like, take him down to the meadow, some to the stable or whatever, paint him, and then put this... They talk about how they have this Japanese silk that they put over him, which, I guess, assists with the effect
0: you just answered a question for me because like the first several times they mentioned the ghost horse they keep describing it as filmy it looks filmy yes and i'm like what is a filmy looking horse like i don't understand
1: <laughs> it's 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 a horse covered with a film
0: i was in like in situation like ethereal might be the word they're looking for there or Mm-mm. see nope, through <laughs> a, a, a filmy horse i was Gauzy. like
1: yeah I don't know, Karen. Who knows? They, they they painted a horse and put silk over them and then whistled him <laughs> into the forest. I am really glad I brought this up because you just, <laughs> you answered some questions for me. So thank you. You're, hey, you're
0: welcome. I'm here for you. I Well, uh, that was what I had for Classic Mystery Elements. And I feel well like done. I am really ready to move on to what is 100% my favorite portion of the show every week. Real <laughs> World, River Heights, the Vacation Edition. please. Please regale me with the, the happenings with these
1: young folk. Okay, I'm ready. I I, I am so excited for this. Um, number one, Bess and George. Finally. Finally. We've been waiting and waiting. So we finally get Bess and George. Question. Did you know they were cousins? No,
0: I didn't. I I was like- Good talk. I was like, wait. And the, and the way they said it was kind of confusing. I'm like, are they cousins with Nancy too? But then I'm like, no, Bess and George are cousins but then alice is their cousin like the cousin situation was a new confusing yes. <laughs> thing that i feel like we're gonna rely on way too heavily going forward but no i did not know that
1: i i also it's like it feels unnecessary like okay. why do they have to be cousins couldn't it just be george's aunt and uncle and she invites her two front whatever i don't care anyway they're cousins who knew um they are we don't like like I kind of mentioned before, there's an awful lot of emphasis put on what people look like in this book and not a lot of emphasis on their personalities. So, you know, we know everybody's hair color. Um, We know their body shape. We know what they wear. We don't know a lot about their personalities. Comma. I will say, Bess is, we know she's like, she's more of a romantic and plays matchmaker and she's kind of boy crazy and You know, seems real outgoing. Um, George is sarcastic and sassy and kind of doesn't take any, you you know, bull from anybody. They call her a tomboy a lot. Mm -hmm. They call her a tomboy. Regardless of any of those characteristics, they both, at least in this book, are completely fearless, just like Nancy. Yeah. They hop on those horses. They cross those rivers. They they express no fear or concern. Every time they would, like, all gallop off on their horses in three different directions to go investigate something in the dark of night on this ranch, I'm like, what are you doing? Have we learned nothing?
0: I know. I know. You're unsafe.
1: You are not in a safe situation. So, I'm super happy about Bess and George. However, I am concerned that their arrival does come at a cost, Karen. I...
0: Oh, Kelly! I'm so upset. It's finally happened. Is she is she gone forever? Helen, Helen's gone. I, Helen, I I am. I know that I tend to be a little bit hyperbolic. I am concerned that that was no. the last we will see of Helen.
1: I think she's gone. I am so nervous. Do you think? Do we not even? I'm just. At least I want to be able to go to her wedding. I didn't even get to say goodbye. I didn't even get to say goodbye, and now Jim's just gonna swoop in. And we'll never hear from her again. Hopefully, though... Maybe we're wrong. Hopefully, she's just living a life of luxury. I just want her to be happy. I miss her already. She she was very important to me. Mildred, what are you doing to us? (laughs) On a completely different, like, WTF mate moment, there is a random aside in this book where George is kind of like Ribbon Nancy... About going out with Dave. And she goes, and I quote, what's Ned going to say? Oh, what is Ned going to say? Uh This is the first time we've heard mention of Ned. And Nancy says, "Eh," like, I'm not quoting, but she says, basically, don't worry about it. Uh, We'll be home long before he gets home from Europe. (laughs) Like, this is how we're going to find out about Ned? Just a random mention in in the middle of this book? Well, Kelly, yes. I have a gift for you. You do? I googled it. Ooh, tell me, tell me, tell me. This
0: was allegedly a mistake in the book. <gasps> really? It was a continuity error from what you were discussing at the beginning, where this book was completely rewritten, like totally different from the yeah. 1931 book apparently Ned was much more uh, he wasn't in the original book but he was mentioned more so in the original 1931 edition the sweater that she's knitting on like page one Mm -hmm. is actually for Ned and he is like discussed throughout the book she is apparently like dating him and is actually like awaiting his return because her boyfriend is out of town And when they revised the book, they messed up and accidentally, like, didn't pull all the right pieces out. So they changed the stuff about her knitting the sweater for her dad, but they (laughs) accidentally, like, left Ned pieces strewn throughout the book.
1: Oh, wow. Well, those were the only Ned pieces. Yeah. Yeah. That's – but that's very interesting. Another another editing opportunity for you. <laughs> I'm not sure I would take it out because I do like knowing that Nancy is playing the field.
0: I, it was a- She's like, what he doesn't
1: know won't hurt him. He's fine.
0: He's probably living large. He's fine. On his trip anyway. We had
1: an agreement.
0: <laughs> we have an agreement.
1: <laughs> Different zip codes. Totally. Okay, so speaking of boyfriends, then we have handsome jerk slash ranch hand Dave Gregory from Dave. Buffalo. Oh, Dave. Yeah, who is now from Phoenix, but anyway, so yeah, Dave is like her summertime boyfriend. Who's he's a jerk to her for the first like three quarters of the book, and then all of a sudden, he uh he has a turnaround with her, and he's like in love with her, and uh and yeah, so doesn't he say like why was he being a jerk?
0: Like he was being a jerk because he was secretly trying to dig up this buried treasure, and like he thought yeah. she was gonna. Get underfoot. She,
1: he, I think he, yeah, I think he was afraid she was going to get underfoot and that she was going to figure out what he was doing and tell the owner of the ranch, his boss. I see. And that was going to get him in trouble. Okay. But you know, Dave, like, keep your friends close. Fair point. Flies and vinegar and honey and all, <laughs> yeah, all of those <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, <so>. that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, I just, I got to say, one comment about Dave, Dave throws around an awful lot of tenderfoots from- he- for somebody from Buffalo, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure Dave was a character name on City Slickers, and he wasn't one of the cowboys. <laughs> so fair point. I'm like, yes. Dave, your name's Dave, and, you know, like Tex. Sure, fine, Bud. I'm all fine, understood. Fine, but like until we're calling you Bronco, I'm. You don't get to call me Tenderfoot until you earn um, that nickname, buddy. <laughs> I'm saying all of this to set up the next decision in our bracket. So, um a couple of Dave quotes that I want to uh make you aware of. He at one point says referring to Nancy, "She's the smartest little tenderfoot I ever saw." Ugh. Like, I Dave, hate it. How how do you do finding that treasure? <laughs>
0: Not so hot, Kelly. Not so Not hot. Not so
1: great. Dave, it took Nancy all of what like 4 days to find it and you'd been out there for how many weeks we like don't digging even know. in the cellar? Yeah. He also called her cookie. Oh at my one god, point. I hated that. So, you're, uh, here's my question. Was it a a term of endearment, B because she cooked the cake, or C a combination of both? Oh, fascinating question. This
0: is very like the the bad magician question at the beginning of this podcast. Oh. <laughs> I, I just thought a term of endearment, but
1: he, he said it in the section where she made the cake. Yep. I think you're, I think it's B. You
0: think it's B? Yeah, I think it's like a cutesy way of calling her like the cook. Like cookie over, I don't know, that's even worse somehow. It
1: was, it was, (laughs) it was lowercase, so I'm inclined to agree with you. I think if, I think if he had called her cookie like honey, I don't know. No, no, it's still been lowercase, I guess. But I don't know. I'm inclined to agree with you. It seemed way too random. Um, Either way, I hate
0: it. Yeah, neither, neither solution is more satisfying than the other.
1: (laughs) No. Like in my new edition of Shadow Ranch, he's going to say that and Nancy is just going to throw the cake on the floor and say, nobody gets cake now, Dave. Like now you now you go hungry because you
0: were rude.
1: (laughs) yeah my name's Nancy. You can call me Lady, or Ma'am, or Your Highness, or Your Honor, but Cookie, no. no. So, that brings us to the boyfriend bracket. Oh, so, I love a the small boyfriend, boyfriend bracket. Wrap. Yes! Uh, we have put up Dirk versus Don in which Don won. Then yes. we put up Don versus John McBride, where John McBride won. So, this week we've got John McBride versus Dave Gregory. And I don't think this is going to be a hard decision, but Your decision, ma'am. John McBride, hands down.
0: Yeah. John McBride is the best.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Military espionage versus, like, condescending ranch hand. A hundred percent.
0: Like, John also had a lot of skills. I I am concerned that no one will ever oust John from the
1: bracket, because how could they? I'm like, "I I think Ned better stay in Europe until we learn something bad about John. Yeah. Like, oof. John rules. <laughs> like John, better have like a secret family somewhere that we learn about at Redgate Farm. But as of right now, nobody's holding the candle. So no. Nope. Okay, good talk. Um, that concludes Real World River Heights Vacation Edition. Beautifully
0: done. And I Thank you. think all that leaves before we move on to our open questions in our rating would be Kelly. Who is Nancy in this book?
1: We learned a lot about her. We did. And I least
0: importantly would like to first say I was delighted to learn that Nancy is a skilled knitter.
1: (laughs) So was I. A very skilled knitter, like knitting full sweaters. A sweater. Like that is not
0: an easy thing for one to do. No, And also, the reason that was – it's difficult. It's very time consuming. Like Nancy has a lot going on. When yes. is she, when is she finding time to knit? I mean, I guess she was knitting on the plane on the way there, which makes sense. But Maybe. like, I, oh, I was like, Nancy has recreational hobbies.
1: She does, which th- it's a good point because, you know, you kind of break up Nancy's day and it feels like she has a lot of time for sleuthing. She has an equal amount of time for like fun activities. yes. Tennis. Like, your square dances, your tennis matches, your canoeing, etc. She clearly gets, like, eight to ten hours of sleep every day. And she's sitting down for three full meals every day. So, I mean, I don't know. Where would one find the time to knit a sweater? I don't know. And, you know, even
0: with a lot of her other recreational activities, like the tennis and the canoeing and, you know... When she's gone to barbecues in the past and things like that, there's always – they're like utilitarian activities. Like, they help her – her skin diving. (laughs) Like, they help her in some Mm -hmm. way to detect things.
1: Very fair point, yes. And I was like,
0: I don't think there is a scenario in which Nancy saves the day because she's an expert knitter. So, like, this is just – her, it's, but wouldn't that be
1: a twist? That's her me time. <laughs> her me time. <laughs> Everybody's got to <I>, unwind, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know what? Sometimes I just need to kick back, turn my brain off, and knit and purl.
0: And like, if this was The Bachelor, there would be some metaphor in this book about how, you know, mysteries are like knitting. You, you, there are lots of knots you have to untangle or something. But we that didn't happen. So I
1: think it's, – have, it's, have we – it done one single episode where we haven't talked about The Bachelor. No, and I refuse to let that happen. <laughs> okay, good chat. I'm fine with that. Perfect. Um, yes, there is no metaphor. It's just you know the things she does, and yeah. that's that's how she's making her dad a birthday present.
0: And originally, Ned. So that was fascinating to me. Um, another thing. Now, this was a very minor detail about Nancy Drew, but I loved it so much that I wrote it down. She got very salty with Dave when he says he's trying to do some of his own investigating. Did you notice this moment?
1: No. no.
0: This is very early on when she's kind of like getting her bearings on the ranch and she's kind of like creeping around at night and seeing who's up to what and, you know, where people are lurking Uh around. And she bumps into Dave Gregory and asks him what he's doing. And he says, oh, I'm just doing some investigating of my own. And her response is, and she says it to herself, but I think it's out loud. She says, whatever that means.
1: <gasps> Ooh.
0: And I loved it. I was like, oh, she does not like people stepping on her toes. Uh-uh. She's like, there is one sleuth around here. And it is not you, Dave. Dave. This is kind of the second time in my mind where Nancy has gotten like PO'd with someone because she got real mad at Maud in the last book when Maud was insinuating that she would be delighted to go on a one-on-one date with Carson <laughs> and right? I was like oh Nancy got like really angry about that and like threw some shade back and she also threw some shade Dave's way and I was like I like that Nancy has a don't mess with me side
1: yeah I do too well, okay. So here's this is kind of tangential, but but semi-related. So, are we to believe that Nancy's reputation preceded her all the way to Phoenix? So, because yeah. otherwise, why would this bank robber have been trying to warn them away it, it, at the airport? It has to have preceded her, and. They're like, there is a world famous sleuth getting ready to drop on our doorstep. And we dealt with Poirot pretty well last week with the pony situation. But like, now we've got to deal with Nancy Drew. Yeah, like they know. And I i mean,
0: here's here's how I feel like Carolyn Keene would explain that. Like, Bess and George are excitedly chatting about Nancy in the airport and her great sleuthing. And people overheard it and word has spread through the town like wildfire. or You know, there, it would be something like mm-hmm. that. But... I okay. agreed. Yep, I was like intern. Well, no, national <laughs> cross country sleuth fame has happened for Nancy. It's
1: crossing <laughs> so borders, gone viral. Yes. Right? Um, no, but you're probably right. That makes sense. That like they're talking about it at dinner. Shorty overhears. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever, so
0: yeah, the anyway. rumor mills ablaze. Okay. Um. the The last thing that I will say, you know, we learned we do learn that she is a player. We discussed that in real world. I can never say that. Real Mm -hmm. world River Heights. Um, (laughs) But I had to give a kudo to you, Kelly, because you nailed it in anticipation of this book. She is, in fact, a master horsewoman. Ooh, she's a
1: master horse mechanic. Yes. Yes,
0: exactly. You had predicted Mm -hmm. that you're like, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're going to find out in Shadow Ranch that Nancy is like the best of the best when it comes Mm -hmm. to. Riding horses, off-roading horses, rodeoing horses, Mm -hmm. like Nancy is the horse gal. Um, She floats a horse down the river and in fact floats her horse back up the river to save Bess, who is (laughs) unsuccessfully floating her horse down the river. Like Nancy knows what is up when it comes to a horse.
1: Well, I mean, in Bess's defense, she was not on a floating horse she's just on a normal horse <laughs> yeah best got best
0: got screwed she got a she got a road horse instead of a river horse and then they had to cross <laughs> a river and she's like um guys small problem here <laughs> uh
1: i kind of didn't want to do this they were pretty clear with me when we left not to put this horse in a river but here i am is there a glove box uh. on this thing i need to read the manual." <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, yeah, Nancy is the horse lady. She <laughs> wears—I, uh, I did not Google this. She has she has her own riding togs, which I'm guessing is like <laughs> mm-hmm. jodhpurs and a pair of boots. But who knows? <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, um, yeah. So knitting and horseback riding have been added to the Nancy Drew toolkit this week. Yeah,
1: I like it, uh, Kelly. I think that is what I have to say about that. Well, I have, I have a couple of questions. The open remaining. questions. I love the open mm-hmm. questions. Okay. Number one. Why does the gold... So, of Valentine's treasure is gold, cash, and jewels. Why does the gold have to be turned over to the state? I don't know. I didn't understand that either. I'm like, did he steal it from the state? Is it... But, like, if it's all stolen goods, doesn't it all have to be returned? Like... I was confused. The
0: state's like, we have no use for your jewels, but we'll take your gold.
1: <laughs> but give me that gold.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If if any uh, treasurers or notary publics or attorneys that are listening <laughs> to this know why that would happen, please tell us because we are befuddled.
1: Number two, how did they get the paint off the horse, but not off the dog? Kelly, listen, I had like
0: some mild ptsd from like this painting of animals situation i i'll say this quickly but in my early theater days i was teaching a summer workshop and i had a young child that was painting a set decided it'd be super funny to paint his entire body with like dark green paint and let me tell you that was one of the least favorite cleaning activities I've ever done in my life trying to get this paint off this child before like, his parents came like to child, pick him up. Child cleaning. It was yeah. awful. And so when they're like talking about painting a full horse, I was like that <laughs> is a mess and I hate it. Like that oh, awful, awful, <laughs> you know. No stars. <laughs> uh,
1: zero stars. Um last question. How did the gray-haired stranger at the airport, who we later find out is Diamond, the bank robber. How did he know that they would find the warning note in her purse second? Step, so, step so me he through plans, it. He plants. T- he, he leaves two warning notes. The first one he leaves is actually in her purse. He, he sits down next to him at the, uh, what does she call it? The Attractive Sandwich Shop? <laughs> the Attractive
0: Sandwich Shop, yes.
1: He sits down next to her and then he gets up and leaves and she realizes her bag is missing. And when she finds her knitting bag, like things have been like gone through or whatever. And then they go to their car and they catch him dropping something into the passenger side or under the driver's seat of the car. When they pick that thing up off the driver's seat, it's... A note that says, like, this is a warning, don't go to Shadow Ranch or something like that. Oh, yes. Later, she finds what he left in her bag, which is the one that's wrapped around the snake rattle. And and that note says, this is your second and final warning. Oh. But he left it first. You are... So and it was correct. and it was only by luck that she didn't find it because she did actually go through her bag to see if anything was missing. So yeah,
0: and like, what if she needed a stick of gum or something, and she popped you. out that snake rattle? Good
1: question. Woof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems again like an editing opportunity. Agreed. Agreed. Huh?
0: Yeah, we were leaving a lot to
1: chance. But
0: if I'm missing something, I don't think you're missing anything. I think that is, in fact an open question
1: uh so Karen are we going to rate this book I would love to and Kelly I am
0: delighted to tell you that I have decided this week for this book we are going to rate Nancy Drew in the Secret of Shadow Ranch out of a possible 12 prairie dogs <laughs> seems appropriate yes so <laughs> I I will go first this week and I am going to give Shadow Ranch 4 prairie dogs <laughs> Oh, <gasps> that's so low. Really? It, it is low. And I'm I removed several prairie dogs for racism, yes. for body shaming Bess. I removed yeah. several more prairie dogs because my best friend Helen is no longer in this book. I knew um, that was going to cut you deep. It did. I was not happy with that. Um, I added prairie dogs for knitting and for floating horses.
1: Okay, well. I'm going to give this one seven out of 12 Prairie Dogs. Oh, oh, that's much higher than mine. Okay, tell me. Tell me why. Well, I would have given it 12 out of 12 Prairie Dogs, but I deducted five for racism and fat shaming. I loved the plot of this book. I, this one, this one felt complex to me, like Lilac In did, but it also seemed plausible true like true. there there is a world in which all of these things could have happened yeah a crazy fictional world but a world as opposed to like the submarines situation from the last book which seemed completely implausible to me so yeah I loved I love the mystery plot of this book I love the clues that she found I like the characters I I you know I'm super psyched for Bess and George albeit I'm already missing Helen I'm good I, you know what Kelly
0: You've talked me into it. I'm going, I'm going to give some prairie dogs back. And I, I realize also that I may have given this a lower rating than the secret of the old clock, which is impossible. So I'm going to <laughs> up my, I'm going to up it to five prairie dogs.
1: Yes. I feel better now. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> well, what are we reading next week? Well, Kelly, next week we are going to be savoring the secret of Redgate Farm. And I have a question for you. Yes, I'm ready. Ha- have you looked at the cover of this book yet? Mm-hmm, sure have. Do you feel like Nancy <laughs> may have aged like 15 years <laughs> between books? <laughs>
1: she just oh, looks... Oh, I don't know.
0: The cover that I saw, she looks very different on the cover of this book than she has previously. And I was like, huh, maybe some time has elapsed. but <laughs>
1: Or we have a new illustrator. Oh, I'll, ha- I'll have to check it out. I-, I didn't pick up on that. My, I-, I was looking at it going like, does she discover like jesus's tomb or like what's happening here it's uh, yeah like this a wormhole cave in the woods with yeah so.
0: i'm like i'm intrigued i i have no clue what this book is about i have no indicators from the cover what this is about so i'm just Mm-mm. going in blind
1: they, i mean the only thing on the cover is like there appears to be a cave yeah i wouldn't necessarily expect to find caves frequently around farms based on the farms that i've been around in my life they are typically fairly flat and non-cave like but What do I know? Caves also tend to be, in my experience, high snake and high bat priority zones. So I stay away from them. (laughs) So they could be all over the place. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) Well, hey, thank you for listening, everyone. And if you have a little bit of time, we would really appreciate it if you would rate, review and subscribe. And, you know, give us a little love on social media. Tell any of your friends that you think might like the podcast, please and thank you. And please remember what we
0: learned today at Shadow Ranch. Mm-hmm. Don't ever take your normal, regular old street horse across a river. You need a river horse for that. <laughs> That's good life advice. <laughs> yes. And with that, happy, happy sleuthing. sleuthing.
1: It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink Pink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W. Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend, Mark Goodlow. It-